Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. Now this week I'm joined not by our beloved Key, who isn't homesick with the flu, though he is snowed under with work, and I'm instead joined by a very special guest and fellow Frasier fanatic, Mr. John Beal. John, how are you? I'm pretty good. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for joining us. So John, for those of you who don't know, is a moderator and admin on Facebook's Frasier Fan Club. That's the biggest Frasier fan page on the website, is it? Am I right in saying that? On Facebook, yeah, it is. It is on Facebook, yeah. So, and it's like a meeting point for many fans of this show and indeed this podcast. We, we mention it basically every episode now. It's kind of like just free advertising both ways because everything I kind of post for the podcast is on there. I've met so many people who listen to the podcast on there. So it's really facilitated a great kind of community of the podcast and that kind of thing. So for this new format for mini episodes, because Key is kind of inundated this week, this is intended to fill the gaps whenever he or I are busy and I'll be speaking to a different Frasier fan about their love for the show and their favorite moments, how they came to start watching the show, etc. kind of periodically. And John is admin extraordinaire, is our inaugural guest for this new initiative. So I'm just going to start, John. Tell me how you came to Frasier as a TV show, because everyone's kind of got their own origin story with it, I guess. Well, I started watching Frasier, um, let's see, uh, it was uh, 1997. Um, mm-hmm. I actually, my, my father was watching the show, and uh, we had a television in the living room in our house. And uh, the way that it was set up was that the, uh, the like, bedrooms and so forth were like off on one side of the living room and the kitchen and so forth was on the other side of the living room. So uh, passing back and forth between the, like through the living room, um, you know, you'd see the TV going and he liked to watch a lot of TV in the evening. Mm. And so I was supposed to be doing homework and I saw this um, TV show he was watching where, you know, there was this bird and, and I <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's just really interesting. So I, I just sat down and watched some of it with him, and it turned out that I was watching To Kill a Talking Bird. Wow, so you can actually remember that that is, like, definitively the first ever episode of the show you saw. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it was just distinctive uh you know the situation they have with the bird and, and so <laughs> forth so so when people ask me like when did you start watching Frasier I can actually tell them that uh February 25th 1997 oh my god I love that so much <laughs> oh I think me and Key I don't think we've actually been asked this yet by anyone who listens and writes in each week but if we were and it's probably going to come up at some point can we remember the first episode we ever saw um I'm fairly certain I can't because I'm I'm similar to you um I'm a little bit younger than you so i probably started watching frasier somewhere in the mid 2000s i would say and it's mm-hmm. always on before i used to go to school so i'd kind of get up at i don't know seven 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 a.m or whatever and before i ran out to get the bus it was always on i'd kind of watch it with breakfast but i i if i had to hazard a guess i'm i can maybe pick one of the episodes that was maybe the first one i ever saw and I'm, I'm i'm reluctant to say it because it's my favorite episode of the entire show anyway and i don't know if unconsciously it's because of that nostalgic link or it's just because of a whole other host of reasons i love that episode and i don't want to say it because as you know as we're going through the podcast mine and key's top 10 it's kind of like a secretive thing that we're only leaving <laughs> as we go along so unfortunately i'm not gonna be able to say but i love the fact you can you can kind of point to to kill a talking bird i'd also love that idea of you just kind of passing back and forth and seeing it and 
your dad having it on because I have similar TV shows like that that my parents watched, but Frasier is not something they've ever watched. I've kind of introduced it to them in many ways. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, you know, we should watch an episode of this. It's funny. You'll like it. Um, it's really not their kind of usual thing. But yeah, I really like that. And I love the kind of the spatial setup of your house, like the bedrooms on either side and you're kind of passing through. Yeah, I really love that. Um, being admin of the biggest Frasier group on Facebook, you know, how did how did that come about? And what's that experience been like for you? Because that is, you know, that's no small fry thing in the Frasier community. That's like a really you know, huge achievement, I think. It's actually connected to my father as well. Um, wow, so, okay. Yeah, actually, so in 2016, he was he was sick for like most of the year. He was he was hospitalized like 23 times that year. It was like this, this wow. really big deal. And then he finally passed away like two days before Christmas. Oh. And uh, so... I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, so then I just, after that, I, I was just, just really feeling down and uh, I just, I joined um, yeah, Frasier fan club on Facebook uh, shortly thereafter just to, cause I always thought, well, you know, Frasier is just something that always cheers me up and picks me up. And so I just wanted to uh, sort of immerse myself in that uh, community a bit. Cause I was, I was starting to go through the show again at the time. And um, so I just, you know, I was quiet, I guess for the first couple weeks or something. And then I remember at one point uh, somebody made some comment or, you know, and in my head, I thought, this is great. This is great. And then I thought, <laughs> this is great. This is great. <laughs> uh, just, I just, I don't know. It just seemed like it clicked right away. And then, um, you know, a few months later I, I started doing this, this series of, are you familiar with the March Madness uh, college basketball tournament in the U.S.? I'm only through kind of my vicarious kind of imbibing <laughs> of, of all American culture. So is this the, like, there's loads of games and it's kind of like a, a knockout tournament type thing? Or It, it is, yeah. So yeah. The, all of the, the top ranked uh, college basketball teams, they place various different seeds in the tournament and then they, they have this like, I think it's 64 teams enter and then it, they, you know, get all the way to the final four it's a really big deal and it's you know there's a lot of uh sponsorships um you know for various different product placements and so forth and the games are just they're held throughout the day and some of them are in prime time and and i mean it it's held in march but the conclusion of it is in april and uh so the whole march they just call it march madness and um anyway so in honor of march madness that year i decided to have this like march madness format um, <laughs> tournament for Frasier's Love Life. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yes. I don't think I've ever heard this before, actually. Yeah, well, I I, uh, I ripped off the graphics from, like, CBS, uh, the March <laughs> Madness tournament that year, and I, like, edited the graphics a bit and made it, like, Frasier's Love Life Madness, and, and I went through and, uh, you know, figured out who the candidates were going to be, and then we just did this... Um, you know, one versus one elimination tournament uh, that went on actually ended up taking quite a while to do the whole thing and ended up ending in like May of that year. <laughs> so um, it went an extra month than the usual March yeah, Madness does. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know, maybe the, the whole March factor to it was sort of lost by the time it <laughs> was coming around. But I mean, I, I feel like it, it had a lot of really good participation. In the end, Claire won. Okay. Okay. I'm Remind me, I'm having a blank. I have drank tonight. Who is Claire again? <laughs> All right. So remember, Claire was introduced to, to Frasier. Well, 
he met Fraser through Lana. And oh, remember, Lana sorry, of was... course, Claire, and they, you know, Island Niles and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Caribbean Claire. Where okay. they ran in, they ran into each other while he was buying a DVD player. And... Of course, yes. So, did yeah. you did you agree that Claire should have won, or did you have some reservations there, or were you just kind of happy to to have seen everyone kind of elevate her to the top? Uh, I I think like she's definitely one of the top candidates. I mean, yeah. I I have I have a favorite. Um, Share it I, with us, please. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, I always thought that, I always thought that Lisa from the bookstore was the best one. Now, nice, yeah, <laughs> every, I can see that. Everyone who's from Fraser fan club who's listening to this right now, just <laughs> <laughs> they've heard this so many times. I'm heard sure you they beat the drum for Lisa from the bookstore. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they just they just let out a collective groan. <laughs> but one thing, one thing I was going to say, like that idea of kind of of March Madness for for some aspect of the Fraser show. I think like fans in general, but I, I see this a lot on, on Fraser Fan Club anyway. People tend to love like the ranking of, of episodes or characters or pitting together seasons and stuff. Like I feel like when you've seen the show however many number of times we all have, have probably seen it, you know, and that's the point of this podcast is that we're like picking apart like script details and tiny nuances because mm-hmm. you know that's all that's left once you've you've seen it ten times or whatever. People love to kind of pit stuff together and I, I always see probably once a week there's like a you know, a um what's your favorite season Paul or what's your favorite episode and yeah I mean I I've got my group of friends a few of them watch Frasier but not really but kind of more generally speaking we we have done what you've just said with the whole March Madness thing we do that all the time with loads of like weird media i remember i organized about a year ago a world cup of james bond films because we all mm. are obsessed with james bond in fact i know hamish cam winston who does the uh the quiz questions for us each week um i know he loves ps brosnan as i do and i coined the term brosnan's law in our group chat because basically if we talk for long enough for any pr- given period it will eventually descend into talk about james bond no matter what <laughs> we're talking about we'll only ever like five degrees of separation away from James Bond. But yeah, like I, I imagine you as an admin, you see this all the time, like this kind of ranking of things and people kind of pitting seasons together and stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, and there are other efforts too. I mean, people say, well, they want to start up a new one. They want to do it in a different way. Uh, yeah. Maybe they want to yeah. do it like, because you get different results depending on how you, you do it, right? Because mm-hmm. if you, let's say that you put like, um, I mean, uh, Lilith is a, is a big fan favorite. Um, she is, yeah. And I, know, they, I beat the drum for Lilith, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have admissions questions to get into the group. And um, oh, yeah, I so, remember those. Yeah. One of the admissions questions is who do, who do you like, you know, as a match for Frasier? And I mean, you get like every answer. I mean, sometimes a lot of people, uh, you know, they'll they'll choose something like wine or opera. <laughs> <laughs> they don't immediately read it as like a romantic connection. Yeah, I mean, I it, it still shows like that they 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 understand the show and yeah, they, they know, know Frasier. Right, because I mean, you wouldn't say that about like I don't know it's Seinfeld or something because there's nothing in there about opera, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So I you know, or if you were doing admissions questions for a friends group or something, maybe a reference to coffee or something would be relevant or. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I'm trying <laughs> but, to remember actually the admin, the admissions questions, because I, I think I probably gave like, I imagine you get this all the time, and I'm probably sick to death of it. I probably gave some smart Alec answer for one of them, thinking, oh, you know, <laughs> I know Frasier so well, I'm going to throw something in here that's going to make the mods think, oh, this person's different. It's like you probably see that with like one in two applicants, I guess. I've seen like everything, I feel like at this point, because we, we've <laughs> yeah. had the admission, yeah, we've had the admissions questions for, uh, 
maybe like three years now. And let's see, we probably added like 10,000 members in that time. God, that's a so, lot I mean, of questions to sort through. Yeah, I mean, the popular ones are the ones that you would think, right? You know, Faye, Lilith. comes up quite yeah, a lot sometimes. Regan, let's see, Kate Costas comes up quite a bit. Yeah, I'm kind of controversial. I'm not a huge fan of Kate, but the yeah. more the more I watch her arc, like it does have like really good redeeming moments. But I don't know the the, the episode in which they like leave it. Um, I don't want to skip ahead too much here. Obviously, that's a season away where we are in the podcast. But yeah, I don't know. I always found her character a little bit. The way that actress portrays her sometimes, like the delivery of her lines kind of grated me a little bit. I'm being really petty and pedantic here, but you know, that's just, just that's what you have to do with Frasier once you've seen it so many times. Yeah, there's there's just definitely a few that are, um, you know, the top candidates. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm so I'm used to seeing that. I, I made a, a, a meme recently uh, talking about how I roll my eyes every time I see Lana because I just think she's a terrible match for him. Yes, but I agree completely. Every, but like so many people put Lana up, up there as like their top choice. Uh, wow. Not just, yeah, not just in the emissions questions, but I want to say she was like in the final four or eight of that tournament. Of your March Madness? Yeah. Oh, I, uh, I, I don't like to offend anyone listening because obviously <laughs> the beauty of this show is, you know, you just have your opinions, but... I always personally struggled to see that so much. Like, she was just so loud and, like, brash and completely, like, I don't know, like, just completely uncultured compared to Frasier. Like, it's it's a crazy one. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's, a, that's you know, people people have their proclivities and they're entitled to them. So that is the beauty of Frasier Fangler, I think, kind of tying all these people together. So you, you've kind of mentioned Tequila Talking Bird, but can you reveal to us exclusively on your first inaugural kind of mini <laughs> episode of a Fraser fan some other favorite episodes of the show you love? And and by all means, they can be episodes that we haven't reviewed or talked about yet. Okay. My number one is see, it's really hard because I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it always gets you straight away. It's yeah, always the it, same. It's... I, I, I have one, okay, I, I sat down at one point and I said, okay, I'm just going to decide that this is my favorite episode, mm -hmm. just because it, it comes up so often and people are always asking, well, what's your favorite episode? It's like, I don't know, like 30 of them? It just really depends which, it really depends <laughs> which one I'm... you're in. Yeah. yeah, or which one I'm talking about at the moment, right? Or, you know, you watch one and then you think like, oh, this is just a really good episode. But I, my go-to is usually Dinner Party, season oh, six. Oh, yeah, that's an excellent taste, John. Excellent taste. Talk us through why you love Dinner Party. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, I, I've done a little bit of, uh, I don't know. In high school, I, I took a playwriting class. And oh, that's great. Yeah, actually, you know, I really didn't think that I was going to enjoy it, but it ended up being probably my favorite class that I took in high school. Yeah. And just, we would write, uh, just creative writing, and then we would act them out, and, you know, you'd get different vocal parts, and it was just fun. I mean, because a lot of the rest of the stuff, because I was planning to major in engineering, so the rest of my classes were like science and math and stuff. So it was, it was kind of fun to just do something creative. It wasn't just like numbers and, you know. Yeah, massively so. As someone who kind of comes from a vaguely creative writing background, like I completely empathize with that, yeah. So having having uh, taken a playwriting class and written my own scripts, uh, I appreciate the economy of place and the economy of time of Dinner Party. So it all takes place in Fraser's apartment and it all takes yeah. place pretty much just continuously. So it's just like, I mean, it's not one continuous shoot, but it almost is. Like It's it almost just... like real time, isn't it? Yeah. Right, yeah. And it's the only episode that's quite like that. I mean, some of the other are um you know more or less like that like daphne does dinner is pretty much just sort of continuous but there is a little bit more jumping around whereas dinner party is is just 
you know, it starts, you want to have a dinner party, and then it just continues on and you just watch this train wreck unfold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I this, I really appreciate that episode uh, from a writing perspective, but then also it's just funny and they just get a lot of really good jokes in there. Um, just, yeah, I, I, I feel really confident. Uh, I that that is you know my top choice for mm, favorite that one episode. always kind of comes back to you no matter what your mood Ex exactly yeah, yeah yeah just you know i think like well there are some other episodes that are just really really good um I, you know and and every time i watch them it's just so funny like two mrs cranes or um ham radio just some of the ones that are just uh always talking like about the canonical right? fraser episodes now aren't they yeah exactly I'm, I'm trying to avoid the the phrase top 10 and just in case one of those happens to be in there <laughs> spoil your ranking for later <laughs> no no for sure um but yeah like dinner party comes up so much um i, I spend a lot of time on, on the fraser subreddit as well that's where i used to kind of spend i still go on there most days but i used to spend more of my time there before i knew about fraser fan club and they often do polls about what's your favorite episode, etc. Obviously, we've we've already done my coffee with Niles, and it was in my top ten, though it wasn't in Keys. Much to my kind of, I hounded him for it not being in his top ten. But uh, yeah, like that comes up a lot, obviously. And in the party came up a lot. And I think in many ways they're like spiritual cousins episodes in some ways. Like you have the the kind of almost real time single setting bottle episode feel to it. Mm -hmm. You trade Nervosa for the apartment. And in many you know, the apartment's so iconic and people love it so much. You know, our friend Preston at Fra the Fraser Project, you know, who's like lovingly recreated the entire thing. You know, fans mm -hmm. just wouldn't do that if they didn't feel a connection to the to the apartment. So I just think sometimes, I mean, Dinner Party is so perfect in that it does what it does and it's completely unique and there isn't another episode like like that but then also the you know the glutton in me that just kind of loves Frasier and kind of wants more of everything that i love i just think you know i'd have loved even more episodes that were bottle episodes that only take place in single locations or even that only take place in the apartment and if you actually broke down this would be like an interesting experiment to take to kind of undertake i guess but if you actually looked at like the percentage split between sets in each episode there's probably a lot of episodes that are like 80 to 90 percent Frasier's apartment anyway um mm -hmm. It's just dinner party. There's something about it that makes it feel like really, yeah. It's kind of like obviously the fact that they don't leave. It's so noticeable. But yeah, I mean, I I don't want to kind of give anything away about whether dinner party or not is in my top ten because we're a long way from getting there. Uh, <laughs> like probably like three years or something ridiculous. Like, I don't even like to think about the uh, the time limit we've got going here. But yeah, no, it's an excellent choice. I mean, maybe I could I could prod you for for one more of your of your particular favorites because I I kind of loved hearing you talk about dinner party there. Oh man, that's I'm really that's putting so up hard. the spot here. This is like I'm gonna ask this to every forewarning everyone listening. You are invited <laughs> to come on here. Everyone's gonna get asked this question. Everyone is gonna react the same. So it's uh, I mean I hate being asked this. You know, me and Key kind of compiling our top tens is not an easy thing to do. And as Key has said multiple occasions, he often like wants to change his after we've like done an episode. Um, and I think he said my coffee of Niles if he could redo his top ten would actually go back in there. So. Um, yeah, it's a question we all hate being asked, but is there I, another episode that kind of comes to your to your mind? Uh, I I think I'm just gonna. I mean, there are really a lot of uh, acceptable uh, choices for me here. The, yeah, it's I can imagine. Really, but I'm just gonna say the Doctor is out. I really love that episode. Oh, God, that's so good. Uh, season eleven. I know season eleven. Uh, people love it or hate it. That's actually another thing. Is I think. People rank which seasons they think are the best season. Yeah, this and, comes up a lot. Yeah, and and I I think the the middle seasons are the best. I mean, you have I said agree before. With you. 
yeah, you've said before you think maybe seven is your favorite season. Oh, I think seven's my favorite. Um, but if you put a gun to my head to pick like the best, I'd probably say like four or five. But seven's got a lot of big hitters for me. Yeah, I so after I first started watching the show and then it became a sort of a regular thing, um, not not every week because, you know, some weeks I just had too much homework to do and, and so forth. There was, really wasn't an opportunity to watch it because we're talking, you know, back in the 90s, right? Yeah, of course. Th so then, uh, let's see, a Christmas or two later, uh, that's when DVD st sets started to come out. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got, uh, like, I think season four and season five on DVD. Okay. And yeah, so at the time, it was just those were the ones I think that were freshly out or something. So it must have been, I don't know, maybe like 1999 or something. But those are two very good seasons to have on DVD. <laughs> like, they really are. They're like constantly kind of, they feel like the most I've probably rewatched as well. Like if I'm really kind of feeling despondent and don't know what to watch or do, if I'm going to reach for Frasier's box set, I'll always reach for those two seasons, I think. Yeah. Fact, looking at like my physical kind of box set, I think they're like, the two most physically dog-eared, like where I've kind of pulled them by their spines out of the sleeve. And I just think that's really telling. I, I really want to purchase that uh, that that 11 season set that you have, the rainbow one. Yeah, that's so cool because it's like really minimalist like in design. Like when you unfold them, like it's just the block color and then the names of the episodes in kind of bullet point. I just, it's a really clean, minimalist design. Um, is this not not like the common box set in the US or? Well, no, well, I, it is if you buy the complete set, but hmm. um, where I started with individual seasons, but the individual seasons are kind of funny because they don't really match each other. Like they, they started to uh, get a, a more regular format down on the, on the packaging after a few seasons, but yeah. they sort of mismatch each other a bit. So if you have like 11 seasons with just the individual season box sets, then they, yeah, they, it just doesn't quite look right on your shelf. No, I, I can, I can, I can buy that. I mean, I bought the Cheers box set probably, oh, I don't know, I want to say two or three years ago, um, and I got through like, as you probably heard me say on the podcast, like five or six seasons, mm -hmm. um, to the point where, spoiler alert, um, Diane left, and um, <laughs> uh, I can't remember. What's her name? The, the Scientologist in real life. Rebecca. Rebecca. She, very, probably doing a massive disservice. Um, Kirsty Alley. Kirsty Alley. Uh, yeah, yeah, so Rebecca, she comes into it. And uh, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't dislike her. I only saw a few episodes of her in, so I probably didn't give her a fair chance. But, you know, things got in the way. I got distracted. I started watching other things. And Cheers kind of got left by the wayside. But the physical box that I have of Cheers is like hideous compared to Frasier. It is like two <laughs> mass. It's basically the same soul kind of cardboard outer sleeve but two big plastic dvd cases inside and then you open there and each case has like you know 30 discs in it you know that, that kind of classic Ooh. i don't know what the word is they're kind of separated by those those thin sheets of plastic but yeah like it just doesn't have the form factor the phrase one does it's just the, you know the, the one you're talking about the rainbow color one I, I just i just love it what's interesting to me is they have this kind of color code going on with like the rainbow color in particular the first three seasons are like a very very subtly different shade of blue to the point where you can't really tell they're any different but what always gets me is obviously the Frasier font each season was different 
different on the mm. on, on the opening credits, as of course you'll know. And they haven't matched that up to the color of the, the the season in this sleeve. And I was just like, why have they gone for this like multicolored color scheme? If the one thing in the show that changes color, they're not going to try and, and match up. Um, it's a really kind of strange design choice. But yeah, I mean, I love the box set. Yeah, I have a theory on that, which is that I think that when they first started the show, I didn't. I don't think they realized how successful it was going to be. I think you're so right. Yeah. Yeah, because they start off with what blue, right, and then red for season two. I think so. Yeah, and then I kind of I just remember one being solid silver, one being gold. I think it's maybe seven that's, is gold. That, that's ten and eleven. Oh, okay. There you go. I, I I don't even know what seven is. Seven is gold in kind of physical in my um in my actual box set. So it's probably going to end up being like blue. <laughs> the font color doesn't even match up. But yeah, no, I think I think you're right there. They had they had no idea this would be so huge. I like when you watch Cheers and you just think why Frasier? Why did they pick Frasier? It just makes no sense, I guess. But then also does, like, if you actually kind of, I don't know, it's it's so weird, but it's just, it's crazy to think this show is a spin-off. Well, it probably, it, probably it not definitely, me and Key have spoke about enough, actually. Yeah, it definitely does not play like a spin-off. It's, it really doesn't. It's so much, it just stands on its own so well. I think they really did a good job uh, separating it from Cheers. Yeah. Um, I mean, because in a way, like, you can build on the popularity of Cheers because Cheers was extremely popular. Cheers was like the friends of its day. It was, it just was like, massive, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, massive. And, you know, I'm from Boston. And I mean, when when Cheers ended, I mean, I, I was very young, but yeah, um, people talk about like they had like watch parties for like the final episode and like people That's showed so up nice. like at the bar that Cheers is based on in Boston <laughs> and they like had like a big party outside. They had like a rally. I mean, it was like a big deal. Yeah. But yeah, they did a really good job. I think just separating it, uh, going all the way to the other side of the country, changing his career, I think helped. Uh, you know, it was something related radio psychiatry versus private practice psychiatry. But I think that the fact that they were able to incorporate a lot of the radio show plot really helped to separate it from Cheers a bit more. They, you know, if they had him say like hanging around a, a pub more often, then I think that it would have seemed too close to Cheers. And I don't know. The only thing I wish they did was I wish they had Lilith more because every single episode with Lilith is hilarious honestly i think i probably ended up saying like verbatim that when we did um the first the first episode where lilith comes back she just elevates every episode she's in um, I, weirdly i saw room service come up a lot in fraser fan club polls recently as like a controversial episode or like one that's not very highly thought of whereas in my like i couldn't believe that like in my opinion it's like a brilliant episode i guess the plot of the episode is maybe a little bit jump the shark-esque for some people i mean it's not like extreme but maybe people took umbrage with you know what ultimately happens there but i mean i, I love room service and yeah i'm i'm so with you um that i love lilith I was just going to say, I love the symmetry of the fact that, you know, you being from Boston and Cheers there, and also just kind of the way you're kind of diagonally opposite from the Pacific Northwest, or obviously, you know, Frasier moves to, and you're, you're so right about the career change being like, you know, a huge part of the, the spin-off success. So obviously, I think we spoke about this in a, in a previous episode on the podcast, but, you know, originally it was just going to be KACL, and then me and Key kind of talked about that, and I definitely don't think that would have been bad by any estimations. It's always easy to say that would have been bad knowing what we know now and we have the whole complete world of Frasier. But I certainly don't think that would have been a, a bad show, but it's just the fact they managed to work in like other sets, Nervosa, his apartment, Martin and Niles. And I know David Hyde Pierce on that kind of recent reunion they did on 
on on Facebook, on YouTube for that. I can't remember the YouTube channel, but the, the kind of big live uh, regroup they did. And David Hypea says he remembers reading that script and just thinking, this is terrible. You know, you've just recreated, you know, as in about the character of Niles. He's just saying, this is just Frasier again. Um, you've just given two of us of the same character. And you saying, you know, had Frasier gone to a bar a lot, people would have made that same comparison but people never think that when they watch the show between Frasier and Niles you just think these two are so convincingly you know siblings that mm -hmm. it works so well and I just think that was probably you know such a bold move like, how do we create a brother here let's make him even more pompous let's like, make him even more arrogant um, and it just it worked so well um, on that note while we're kind of talking about Niles and, and that kind of thing I wondered you've talked about favorite episodes do you have and this is a really awful question to pose to a Frasier fan do you have a favorite character? In my mind, you being so kind of affiliated to sports and stuff, I think there's a, there's shades of Martin to you. You know, we've chatted about beer as well. We, we both enjoy beer. You've got a bit of the Martin about you, but I mean, it could literally be anyone's guess here. So who, I, do you have a favorite character? I go back and forth between Niles and Martin. Okay, that's interesting. I, so I, I wasn't think... a million miles away. <laughs> no, no, you really weren't. <laughs> no, I think uh, the great thing about Martin is just how down to earth he is and how much he just cuts through Fraser and Niles. Yeah, like a, but the like a knife through butter. <laughs> yeah, but the great thing about Niles is he's just objectively hilarious. Mm -hmm. Just so many things that he does, the physical comedy that, that David Hyde Pierce just, he's amazing. He's so good. And then the, the wit. Uh, the banter between him and Frasier, I mean, he's just a great character, and he's really well portrayed too. Yeah, they're both they're both brilliant, um, and I think your kind of oscillation between those two. Um... In fact, saying the word oscillation, I just can't help but think of the, the, the fan when <laughs> like, it does oscillate. Um, yeah, I think both those, I, I haven't kind of reached this yet with Key on the podcast, so maybe I should keep this under under wraps. But I, I'm like you, do I have a favorite? I mean, possibly, but they're all so great. Um, one of the things me and Key are actually very conscious of, and you, you've probably heard this recently, is that we pick like our favorite actor or, or kind of character from each episode, um, which was mm -hmm. someone else's initiative um, on, on Facebook, on, on Reddit. Um, I, th I think it was, I think it was either Hamish or Mischief Knight or someone. If I forgot, please, please make sure you write it on listener mail and remind me because I forget everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, someone kind of made us do that. And we're both very conscious we're not picking Ross or Daphne a lot at the moment. And I think, you know, that's not any kind of like exclusion on our part. That's just how it is with the way the episodes are written. But, you know, they will have their moments um, because the, the five main casts, as it were, are all so strong. Um, they, so, they're yeah. strong and also they complement each other really well they do the chemistry is just unbelievable between them yeah definitely the you've got a lot of pretentiousness uh with <laughs> fraser and then especially with niles and then you really have to cut it with with martin with daphne with Roz. yeah and and you get this this counterpoint to fraser at kcl in in Roz. massive and you get dog. yeah and then you get the counterpoint at fraser's apartment in martin and then daphne so I just think that they've done a really good job of balancing it. And I, I know people, see, I tried to introduce a friend of mine from college to, to the show um, years ago. And he said he just really rejected out of hand the, the notion that he was actually going to enjoy watching Frasier. 
Because wow. he was like, oh, it's, it's such a pretentious show and I can't stand like a show just about snobs. And I I'm think like, it's a massive misconception. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, so it does have like a lot of that, like references to, you know, opera and caviar and stuff, but they get their comeuppance a lot too. They really do, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think what, that observation you made about them having counterpoints is really great, actually. I haven't thought about that, but the fact there's there has to be three of them, like Ross, Daphne and Martin, to there too, <laughs> like to offset them because they're so pompous like it's yeah like them doubling down by creating niles it's like they're kind of making this kind of bastion of, of pomposity that can't be breached because there's like two of them are always holding fast yeah um, and, and then occasionally you'll get like a little guest pompousness like from robert <laughs> from robert's or someone. yeah someone like that who like you you bring on another like i say a special guest character and then it just adds a little bit more to the you know, pomposity, the pretentiousness on the, the Fraser and Nile side of the page. So then, you know, it's probably good at that point that they have the three main characters who are in the anti-pompousness camp, right? Yeah, the, I love that, the anti-pompousness camp. That is exactly <laughs> what it feels like, I think. The show is kind of, is polarized in, in that way. And yeah, I mean, we talk about this all the time, but the way they play off each other is just so wonderful. And I guess it's just one of the main draws for the for the show. Just, we, we've been speaking, I've, I realize I've been kind of picking your brains now for about 30 minutes or so. Has it been? The, it's been? It's been about that. I mean, obviously, we're trying to keep these, um, for people listening, this is, we're going we're to try and keep these as kind of mini episodes um, so that, you know, you don't have kind of loads to digest each week when it's not a review. But obviously, you know, everything that John has said, it's been it's been wonderful to have him on and talk. There are a few things, a few final kind of frivolous questions I want to run by you, John, just before you leave, because you've given us your kind of amazing insights as, a, as an admin of Fraser Franklin, <laughs> as a fan. So the first of my frivolous questions is, what is your favorite item of furniture from Fraser's apartment? I'll take the Eames. You'll take the Eames. I imagine yeah. that's going to be a very popular choice. <laughs> In fact, I'm going to make a note of this. So for every guest, I can tally these. Um, is there anything, if you want to sit down for a coffee with Mr. Kennedy Burling. Is there anything you'd like to ask him? <laughs> oh boy. Um for, I, I I don't know. I don't really don't know the answer to that question. I mean, I don't think anyone can can ask anything to Kennedy Burling. He asks you questions. He just kind of you, you, you come to Kennedy with a question and he kind of dismisses it out of hand, I think. He's a very formidable, a formidable character. Um, <laughs> uh, is there anything you'd like me to ask our beloved Key when he returns next week, or is there anything you'd like to say to Key in his absence? I, I have to say, um, I, I love you guys uh, <laughs> of your show. No, I just I just want to just generally compliment uh, you and Key on your chemistry, on the podcast itself, just the, the format of it. I, I really love just the, the feel and the way that uh, it just it seems familiar and, and yet comfortable. I, I don't know. It's 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 hard to say because I, I feel like you pretty much just hit the ground running, too. And I, I think it's just because you, you two are friends. And you already had some chemistry, so I I think it just it just worked just right out the gate. I mean, it, just a great job that you guys have done. I really wanted to make sure that you and Key both know how much I appreciate the podcast itself. That is absolutely lovely. Thank you. People are going to think I've invited you on this show just to be lovely and say which is not what's happened. Um, in fact, people listening probably won't know this. This is the first time John and I have ever spoken beyond the yeah. Facebook chat. In fact, we probably spoke for like two minutes before we went on air. So I think I think credit to John, who's probably you know. Not, doesn't do this every week um, he's been fantastic and just so amazing to hear his kind of Fraser opinions and insights and obviously Key will be listening and he'll have hear, heard everything you just said which is really really kind and of course we, we appreciate it massively um, can I make one other comment about the, the podcast please do do you have the the uh, Simpsons DVDs 
do we have the Simpsons DVDs? I yes. have over probably what I've collected since I was about 11. I think I have like season six, seven, nine, and 10 on DVD. Okay. I think I have the first 14 seasons on DVD. Wow. Uh, yeah, you're that, a big fan as well. Key will be yeah, happy to hear that. Yeah, Simpsons was like my, that was my show. And then <laughs> I started watching Frasier more. So those are like my one and two. Your two loves. Yeah, I yeah. Pe people who knew me when I was a teenager, uh, I would just quote The Simpsons all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, lo I, then... I love that. I love that. I think I think they, they go weirdly together, The Simpsons and Frasier. Maybe I'm just being completely biased because I watched both and love both and you loved both and you watched both. But I don't know. I mean, the, obviously, we have the overlap with Kelsey and, and David Ophias yeah. and, and everything anyway. But and me, I think it's, it's become clear that that's kind of like a side project love for me and Key as this podcast mm -hmm. has gone on. Like we've, we've been unable to kind of hide the the fact we love that that show while we've been doing these one thing that i've always wanted for the fraser dvds to have and this is what i'm, I'm hoping is I, I hope that if a reboot does happen that what they will do is they'll go back to the original film and they'll remaster it for blu-ray and if be they so good yeah and if they do that hopefully first of all that'll increase the the quality or whatever of the um you know the video from seasons one through nine because i think seasons 10 and 11 are the ones that have just uh, a little bit better quality. Yeah. Um, but also, I would love to see them to do what the Simpsons DVDs do, where they get, like, the showrunner for that episode and, like, one or two characters, and they just chat about the episode while they're watching the episode. I Have you seen that, that feature? Yeah, yeah like, I, I don't think like... I ever... When I was a kid, obviously, when you're a kid, that kind of thing, I was like, you know, sorry, I was eight or nine, I was like, oh, boring, I want to watch an episode, not this. <laughs> yeah. But, like, as I've gotten older, like, that kind of thing now, I mean, that's essentially what, you know, this podcast is a much more watered-down, amateurish version of that, but I exactly. love that now. Yeah, yeah I, that... I, but that's, so with you. that's exactly it. That's exactly the point I was going to make is that your podcast is like watching the commentary on the Simpsons DVDs. <laughs> that is so, that's such a lovely thing to say. That is exactly <laughs> what, when me and he started this, I think that's exactly the kind of weird thing we were going for, like that, that kind of cozy accompaniment to watching an episode. But yeah, like great to, well, great to hear that you're a Simpsons fan, of course, John, but more importantly, great to have had you on, on We're Listening and to kind of share your Frasier loves. It's been wonderful to have you on. Everyone who's listening um if you would like to come on to a future episode of this we don't know when or how often we're going to record them it will be quite an ad hoc thing because it's going to be based on when me and key aren't around um with that said i actually go on holiday a week yesterday and we don't mm. have any plans for what we're going to do for when i'm away so <laughs> there might be another one of these recorded we don't know what we're going to do yet um we're really conscious we don't want to keep skipping weeks you know we, we've, we've only missed one to be fair in like the 26 weeks we've been doing it but you know it's not great form to, to miss any week so we will try and kind of keep you abreast of what's happening via reddit and, and fraser and stuff uh fraser fan club and that kind of thing um but other than that i've been will and i've been john and thank you very much for listening to we're listening when i knew that i was going to go on this this podcast i um i wanted to sort of set the, the stage for myself mentally prepare myself and so forth so i uh, a couple of years ago i was at the this particular grocery store that's a few miles from here and um i saw that they were selling six packs of valentines wow that's it actually is a beer that you can buy like close by yeah, yeah and actually so today i i went back to that store specifically is the only place that i've actually ever seen valentine's for sale and i'm like oh i'm gonna get valentine's i'm gonna tell will about it it's gonna be great <laughs> and they didn't have it and oh I, you're kidding me no and I, I looked and i went to like a couple of other places that i thought might have it and i 
could not find it. So, I, well, I, the, the, the thought was there, and I think it's a wonderful thought and intention. I mean, I've got to, I've got to admit, I've been drinking wine rather than sherry while we've been recording this. Um, <laughs> probably going to make for an interesting editing session afterwards. But I love the fact that you went back there to try and get some Valentine. Um, I think any, any anyone we get on the show should be kind of encouraged, if, if you drink, because of course not everyone does, should be encouraged to try and get as close as they can to something Frasier or Martin, one of the Frasier main five, would drink um, when they were kind of conversing in the world of the show. Yeah, yeah so I had to settle instead for black coffee, so I guess I can just say that I'm a, a regular Joe and I like my Joe regular. <laughs> you beat me to it, you beat me to it. Wonderful, wonderful. Frasier has left the building.